What if I told you that in 2024, you were going to travel more? I bet you would be excited because who doesn't have travel more on their 2024 vision board? But my loves, it's time to craft a bit of an action plan and take your first steps. And this is where I come in. I'm hosting a trip to Bali, May 23rd to May 29th, 2024 for the Manifest Daily community. I'm so excited about this one. We have a jam-packed itinerary. We have a Balinese cooking class, a sacred monkey forest, visit a coffee brewing workshop, literally the works because that's just a taste of the itinerary. And this trip is a celebration of new beginnings and also a couple of birthdays. So if you're curious about Bali and you want to meet me there alongside a couple other wonderful, amazing, beautiful souls, head to my website for more information, themanifestly.com slash events. Visit the link in the show notes. And yeah, let's let's hang out in Bali. Hi, my loves. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is DeAndre Nicolette. If you're new here, my love, welcome. I'm so excited to have you tuned in for your first ever episode of Manifest Daily. And of course, to my OG listeners, you already know the vibes. Okay. Hey, girl. Hey, hey, boy. Hey, what's popping? What's good? Welcome back to another episode of your fave. My loves, today we are chatting with Helena Woods, and I am so excited for this episode. When am I not? When am I not excited for an episode of this podcast, girl? But you already know, this one is going to be so good. I know you can tell by the title of this episode what we're talking about, and it is astral cartography. And I cannot believe that in my five years of doing the show, we have not had an episode completely 100% dedicated to astral cartography. My loves, what have we been doing? Okay. I don't know. Actually, no, I do know. It's because I've been so obsessed with astral cartography lately and so obsessed with using astral cartography to identify identify the energies of certain locations that I want to travel to, possibly live in, explore, all that good stuff that I have been so drawn to this specific thing and wanted to bring it to the show. And that is how I found Helena. And that is how we are here with this episode. We are diving into the world of slow, intuitive living as well as astrology. And Helena is going to be the perfect guide for us. After five bustling years in the heart of New York City, Helena chose a simpler path, prioritizing her values and her intuition. Since 2018, she has called France her home, immersing herself in the fascinating realm of astrocartography. Helena generously shares her reflections and insights on relocation astrology, emphasizing the beauty of slow living in today's episode. Helena's mission is simply to bring light and positivity to our human experience, guiding others to find their own truth within. She is an avid world traveler, a lifelong journaler, and a YouTube short film creator. Helena's blend of Buddhism, Stoic philosophy, and her deep love of astrology helps to shape her perspective. I'm so excited, like I said for this particular episode if you are someone who's been wanting to learn more about astral cartography learn more about what your lines mean where you should go to find love to make more money to really tap into the power of your career and the power of your voice your written word any of that good stuff this episode is going to be so key to your journey i'm super excited again how many times can i say that i don't know i'm gonna say it again i'm so excited I personally am going to be re-listening to this one a ton as I literally sit here and try to decide where I'm going to be living for the latter half of this year. But without further ado, let's grab ourselves a snack, some water to hydrate, 
all of the things that we need to really snuggle in and get comfy, lumpy. What is a lumpy? I don't know, bumpy. <laughs> Y'all, I'm unwell. But let's go ahead and grab a snack of bevy and dive into this delicious, fascinating, amazing episode with Helena Woods. So my loves, I'm super excited because today we're chatting with Helena Woods, who is an astrocartographer. I can't believe that in all of the almost five years that I've been doing this, we have never spoken to an astrocartographer. So today is the day. Welcome, Helena. How are you today? I'm doing so well. I'm so happy to talk to you about this. This is such an amazing tool and technique, and it's really magical, and I'm excited to talk about it. Yay! I'm so excited to chat about it as well. So before we dive in, to all the nitty gritty astrocartography things. Can we get a little intro to you, who you are and what you do? Yeah. Well, I am a world traveling astrocartographer, so I travel the world. I currently live in France and I've been based here for the last six years. I'm originally from San Diego, California, and I've always been studying astrology since high school. I grew up, my mom you know, would take me to astrologers and I used to just always want to go to the bookstore section where you have the astrology books. I've always loved astrology, but it wasn't until I moved to France I learned about astrocartography. And now I travel the world going to my different lines, writing about it, documenting it for YouTube, talking about my blog, and just sharing what I learn online and experiencing that. Okay, that's amazing. First of all, I'm already obsessed (laughs) because I have this obsession with France. I have never been. I'm actually going for the first time in 2024. And I actually know that I have some lines that run through Southern in France. Is that where you are right now? Wait, where are you? I'm actually in Metz, France, in the northeast part of France, near Luxembourg. But I lived in Corsica for two years, the island of the south of France. And then I lived in Biarritz for a year, which is on the border of Spain. Big surf town. Surfers. It's so beautiful down there. So I I know the south of France well. Oh my God, I love that. Okay, we're going to have to chat more about that (laughs) offline because I want to hear so much about your journey, you know, relocating from the U.S especially like San Diego to France, like that is such a huge move in and of itself. So congrats on that. I know I've been there for a couple of years, but still super amazing. But for anyone unfamiliar, what is astrocartography? Yeah, astrocartography is the astrology of location, the astrology of place. And astrocartography specifically is like a sub-niche in locational astrology where you can basically look at your unique map of the world that's based on your birth chart and your birth details. And you could see where planets were on an angle in the world, which basically means there are different points in the world that have a lot of activity or I call them power lines. They're parts of the world that have a link to your story. And when you go to those different lines in the world, you're connecting with that energy. And so when you go to the right place at the right time, that's when the magic happens. And that's when such amazing, you know, serendipitous things can occur, whether it's finding love, finding the right people, 
people in your life, meeting kindred spirits, having career success and visibility, a lot of ease with career matters, or finding your home, finding the place in the world where you feel connected to your sense of self, you gain clarity, you gain spiritual healing. There's so many different ways we can travel to these different points on our in the world by looking at our map and we can plan it to activate certain themes in our lives. That is such a beautiful description. And something you said, like, you know, I want to pause there. You said the right place at the right time, right? And I think that timing is such a big thing. I think um, someone I've had on this show before, Alice Bell, she studies astrology and is an astrologer. And she just launched a book, I think actually a couple of months ago called um, The Timing of Your Life. Trust the Timing of Your Life. Wow. And I think that's such a beautiful message. So, you know, when people think about astro cartography, especially if they're just getting into it and they're kind of like, oh, this is where my Venus line is. And this is where like my Pluto line is or my sun line. And they're sort of thinking about the energies of those planets. How does timing come into play? So is it about, I guess, understanding where you are in your life, you know, when it comes to astrology? So like where your sun is currently transiting in, or where the sun is transiting in your chart, that kind of thing. Is that what the timing piece is? The timing piece is basically understanding the transits in relation to what's the story of a particular part of the world for you. So let's say you've got a really amazing love line, you know, a relationship line somewhere in the world. So there's an importance of meeting others or other people coming into your life. If you time it so that you're going to that area at a time when you have, let's say, Venus transiting through your seventh house in that location or you know, having a progression happening in that area, that's when I find a lot of accuracy in terms of divine events happening or experiences being had. So it's kind of like looking at it as an overlay. Like you have the map that never changes. It's always going to stay permanent. But then on the second layer, we have like the, the planets moving and shifting. And I often find that your intuition is a reflection of what's already being done, what's already moving and shifting. So like if intuitively you feel like I really want to go to this part of the world around this time, usually there's a transit there that's showing that already because astrology is uh, correlations. It's a reflection of what choices and what you intuitively are already feeling. Yeah, no, that is such a, a great way to describe it. And, you know, we should have had a chat before because this summer Venus was transiting my seventh house and, you know, I could have made a trip out to somewhere that's like on my Venus line, did not. You know, I live in Dallas right now. My moon line trip like oh. goes through, through, yeah, through Dallas, which has been like such an interesting journey being here and kind of like all the things that have come up with that. But yeah. <laughs> Do you also know what latitude line you're on? Do you know about the parents? No. Oh my God, no. Yeah. What is parents, that? Parents are like the next level because you have the long lines that you'll see on your map and those have a big orb of influence. You could be, you know, several hundred miles off those lines and you'll still feel it. But then we can kind of add a little more details to see what latitude is best on that moon line. Ooh. And those are called parents. And they're basically a blend of two planets together at certain latitudes. So if you like the energy in Austin to Dallas, or Houston will be all completely different because of the parent that you're on. Oh, wow. So it's a it's basically getting a little bit more specific and detailed yeah. with the locations. Oh, that's so cool. I have not heard of that. I feel oh, like yeah. I'm 
probably need that just to kind of understand more of like the energy of Dallas. But, yeah. you know, going back to like your mention of intuition is so funny. I had this episode go up the other day where I was like, guys, I might be leaving Dallas. And people were like, what is happening? Because I feel like I've been so obsessed with, you know, living here ever since I've been here. I really love Dallas, but now I'm sort of feeling called to leave all of a sudden. And it's so, it's the weirdest thing. Cause I'm like, I really like it here, but also there's this sort of feeling of like, this isn't my permanent, like I'm not meant to kind of stay here. Yeah. So it's, it's really interesting. I don't know where I'm going next and yeah. what that will look like, but it's just sort of interesting to see that kind of coming up in the same way that it came up when I first moved here. I was like, I can't, I don't want to go back to Boston. I can't stay in Jersey, but I got to go somewhere and yes. end up here. So, so oh, funny. I love that. And yeah, it's yeah. just following your heart and your intuition and that guidance. You can often see it in the transits too, which is so cool. Yeah. That's kind of like your journey. Cause I know you had this journey. At one point you were like in New York city, right? Oh yeah. I was hustling. And you were hustling. <laughs> yeah. New York city. Like that's the vibe it gives, you know, concrete jungle. Everyone's trying to get their money, trying to get their bag. Love that yeah. for them. So like, how do we go from that, right? Hustle mentality to settling in France, which I feel like, you know, again, have not been there, but I just feel like whenever I think of France or hear about France, it's such a different sort of like vibe and, and energy and pace there. So what inspired that shift? And I guess also inspired your shift to dive even further into astrocartography. Yeah. Well, living in New York City, I was, you know, having 15 hour days running around the city, doing multiple jobs. I was trying to be an actress at the time. Then I started a photography business. So I was doing a lot of things juggling and, you know, the cost of living is so high in New York. And so I was always out working and I got really burnt out. I got really tired. I moved to a small town in Virginia right after that with um, my then boyfriend who I met on a relationship line there in New York City. Yeah. It's all the like the relationship love themes coming up there. And so I I moved to a small town. I was really burnt out. And I just realized I wanted a slower pace of life. And I realized that with the cost of living, it was just going to be really hard, you know, unless I moved somewhere where it's like really cheap to live in the US, but I I wanted to live in a city or close to a city. And so I asked my husband, I was like, what if we just like moved to a different country? And he's an English teacher. So he applied to a ton of jobs teaching English as a second language all over the world. And we got Strasbourg, France, uh, a job teaching English at the university there. Oh, wow. And so we we left in 2018 and it was instantly like the first year was me settling into the slower pace of life because it is so slow in everywhere except for Paris. <laughs> everywhere yeah. in the land except for Paris. <laughs> I mean, it's the little things like on Sunday, everything's closed. Can't really go to the grocery store. You can't go into restaurants. Like everything is completely shut, shut down on Sundays. But also just the little things too of like, like long meals, two to three hour meals, or, you know, there's a lot of support with the government as well. So it's like, there's no need to hustle or worry about like healthcare and, and things like that. And so for the my first year, it was so jarring. And I was like trying to figure out like, how do I not hustle or have multiple projects or always keep busy? And it was a challenging few years to get like settled in that. But I learned how to live slowly from my experience of being in France, you know, enjoying the simple joys of life, the small pleasures, the 
sensory experience of life, of, of good smells, of good food, of appreciating the simple, ordinary moments of the everyday. And that became like my life. And then learning about astrocartography and seeing, oh my gosh, I live on a Venus IC line, which is literally the definition of simple joys at home and slowing down to smell the roses kind of energy. And yeah, it's, it's, it was so interesting. And, and I'm still doing that now here in France. I have been for the last six years. I wrote a book about slow living and, you know, made videos on YouTube about slow living. And now it's interesting because now I'm feeling the pull to go and to travel around the world in Australia for the next year. And it's interesting because like talking about the timing, a Saturn transit, Saturn being stuck, uh, feeling trapped, feeling a little isolated. It's like in France at the moment, it started earlier this year and I've been feeling it. And it's it's now timing is ushering me out, but I'll always be able to come back because it's my home base. But now it's really cool to see how that movement is happening. And yeah, yeah, it's, it's fascinating. That's so interesting. Are you talking specifically about your Saturn return by chance? I am in the Saturn return. And okay. it's my Saturn line exactly because I have a Saturn ascendant line here. Love that. Also in my Saturn return. <laughs> You're in your Saturn return as well? When I tell you, I I feel like it's all I talk about these days. I, yeah. I've made that my personality because yes. truly I am like, you know, it's not like Saturn's kicking my butt, but I, I am, I am going through it, yeah. going through it. So <laughs> yeah. I feel you. I feel you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. It is wild. Yeah. Yeah. And what's what ha- what area of life is it in? Where's your, your natal Saturn? So I guess it depends. Do you use like whole signs or? Uh, yeah. Which, or- I use whole sign, but uh, which do you use? Well, I I used to use whole signs. And then um, an astrologer that I've had on the show a couple of times and watch uses Placidus. So uh-huh. in Placidus, it's in the first, but then in whole signs, it's in my second. But in Placidus, it, tr- it will be transiting first and second. So I'm, I'm kind of looking at it as like a first and second house situation. And that really does resonate. So both themes I have been feeling in terms of like myself as a whole, but then also like my money story and kind of feeling that pressure to be like, okay, I have to really get to saving. Can't just keep like spending crazy and like living on the edge. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And the first house is so personal. The second house is personal too, though, because it's also your values and your self-value and all that. So very personal part of the chart. Yeah. So it's just, yeah. Well, what about you? You said ascendant line. So would that be first house? Yeah. So I natally have it in the fifth house, which is like projects, creativity, but uh, it's because I've lived here for six years. I now track my transits on my relocated chart and it's on my ascendant. And I've kind of comparing, is it more fifth house related or first house? It's definitely been more first house because I've lived here for so long. It's like I've integrated this new chart and this new story. And so the Saturn, you could see it moving over France and it's like literally coming up to my ascendant. And I, I felt the first wave of it, you know, in March when it started. And it's, I'm so, I'm, I'm feeling what you're feeling. The first yeah. <laughs> it's like just like your entire self. I was telling a friend, I'm like, I feel like I don't know who I am anymore. Yes. Like it almost feels like, like I know who I am, right? To my yes. core, but it's like this feeling of there's, there's so much shifting with me, but I'm like, mm-hmm. I kind of don't know where everything's up in the air and I don't know where it will land. And it makes me so uncomfortable because I'm like, what does that mean? Like, what does it mean? And to your point with the values of the money, I've been questioning kind of like, you know, what does it mean for my career and like how I'll make money and and how much money Mm -hmm. I want to make and what that looks like, all of the things. So crazy. Have you also been feeling it physically, like Saturn, like like tiredness or like- Oh, oh my God. 
Yeah. I I'm pre- I thought it was burnout. I have been exhausted. But I tell you, I usually don't sleep in past like what? seven. These days, the other day I went to bed at midnight. Okay. Kind of late. Yes. But I was in my bed until 9.30 sleeping. And when I woke up at 9.30, I was still exhausted. I'm like, I am I unwell? It's like, Saturn, it's Saturn transiting through your first. That's what that That's is. That's what it is. Oh yes. my God. The body. Because it's your body. Ah! The first house is like, you're like, how do you physically feel? Saturn is I've been tired. exhausted. Yes. So I know. I know. Like, you're not here. No. Okay. <laughs> thank. Okay. Thank you for explaining that. Because when I tell you, I and I've also been feeling like the other day I went into my pantry to get some water, and I have a jug that's kind of on the floor, so I have to bend down a little bit to like do my water. What I tell you, I got back up, my back was cracking and yep. aching. I'm like, what is going on? Like, I know. Bones. Yep. I'm like, mm-hmm. I know. I'm getting older, but my God, this is just. I am put me in the retirement home at this point because I'm 30 going on 95. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I so. totally feel you. I totally feel you. <sighs> oh my goodness. Oh, that's well, funny. Good to hear it's Saturn. Just yes. shaking but things up over here. You know, <laughs> feeling like you need to make a change, like you might want to move. Yeah. Right? Saturn is stuck. Saturn feels like it, it wants to mature. It wants to step into um, a new phase of life. But in that process, that metamorphosis, that cocoon, it feels uncomfortable. But often a lot of big changes are made for people during the Saturn return. And so with it on your ascendant, yeah. it's your life. You're, you're going through. And so I'm not surprised that you're feeling that in Texas. Yeah, no. And I, I do recognize that that's kind of the sort of that light at the end of the tunnel that I sort of am looking forward to. Cause I'm like, you know what, there's something beautiful that comes from the discomfort, right? You kind of learn to, to almost like, I don't know, deal with it in a different way. You learn different coping skills. You you learn to have faith in these times because it's like, that's all you can do when things are just sort of up in the air and you have no idea where mm-hmm. anything is going to land. So it's been such a, a test of faith in that way. But also I'm kind of like, okay, I I know good things are here and coming. Yes. <laughs> what are yes. they? We don't know, but yeah. it's okay. And you'll look back at this time being like, wow, what a powerful transformational time in life, you know? Yeah. 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 Oh my God. And I love that you're also going through it as well. <laughs> oh yeah. And that's, I'm feeling it. Kismet that's the oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, you're not alone. I'm feeling it too. And the thing about relocated charts, because that relocated charts is the foundation of locational astrology. Basically you have your natal chart that never changes, but when you move to a new part of the world, and especially if you live there for a long time, your chart shifts and you get a, a relocated chart, which is okay. basically your chart's still the same, but now we're getting more activity and different activity in different areas of life, different houses. Interesting. Um, and that is what the map is based on. The map is just a visual snapshot of the relocated chart, specifically when planets are on angles. So the map is showing the relocated chart, but the relocated chart is giving you a lot more detail as to all the areas of life, not just one line. About a year ago, I wanted to elevate my health and wellness journey. I was so tired of taking all these different supplements every single day. So instead of adding more, I decided I wanted to simplify and try AG1. It's one of the best decisions I made in 2023. I now feel more energized and mentally clear daily. My skin has even more of a healthy and brighter glow and my digestion has improved. Like I said, I first gave AG1 a try because I wanted to simplify my supplements. I wanted a single solution to support my entire body, my gut, 
and my brain health. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've noticed that I feel a boost in energy, not just in the morning when I take it, but throughout my entire day. I used to rely on caffeinated pre-workouts, if you know, you know, but when I cut those out, I struggled with grogginess. Adding an AG1 in the morning covers my bases with 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, and ingredients like pre and probiotics, adaptogens, antioxidants, and whole food source nutrients. My favorite part of AG1? It's just one scoop. One scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. I love to add in a squeeze of half a lemon, a few drops of AG1's vitamin D3K2, and three ice cubes, approximately three ice cubes every single morning into my glass as well. This is a partnership made in heaven because AG1 is the supplement that I trust and have trusted since 2023 to provide the support that my body needs daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. That's drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. Check it out. Got it. Okay. That's so interesting because I, I haven't really heard a lot of people talk about the relocation chart, but you know, as you're describing it, it makes a ton of sense as we're thinking about astrocartography. So I kind of want to get into some of the practical uses of astrocartography and kind of how you have used it and incorporated it into your life. So I know one of the big things, right? We kind of have like, I feel like career, love relationships, and just sort of like self-mastery, self-discovery are kind of some of the big areas of life that people really want to understand understand or find clarity in. So when we're talking about, you know, career and using astrocartography, how have you used astrocartography to kind of guide you or guide your clients when it comes to finding locations that align with those career goals? Yeah. So there are certain lines on our astrocartography map that can show a lot of prominence for career visibility or promotions. Those are the MC lines, the midheaven lines. And depending on what area of life it goes in the relocated chart, it could be more public, like in the 10th house of vocation could be 11th house, which is more building community or a fan base or a follower base or the ninth house, which is more teaching related career matters. But those are places I see a lot of success for people, especially when they go to that place at the time when a midheaven transit is going or progression is hitting that. So that's a really cool way to use this. I myself use this in just my own travels. You know, when I'm ready to create a course or teach on something, I will plan a trip to go to a line where the chart is really strong as well as the line. And then I'll go there and utilize the energy. Like, for example, if you go to a nice Mercury line, that can be a really nice place for communication work or client work, communicating with others or teaching work, writing work. Jupiter as well. If you wanted to publish a book, you could go to a Jupiter line. And so how I help clients is I look at their natal chart first to understand what's the story of their natal promise for what it is they're supposed to do career-wise. And then I will find a location that supports that story of what they're doing. And so, for example, like I, when I moved to France, a big part of my natal promise, just as an example, is I'm supposed to do astrology work and travel-related work. But I didn't have that activated when I was living in California. It was when I moved to France that I relocated the chart and I could see that whole area of life was lit up supported and there was some sort of good luck helping that area of life for that part of the chart. And so that's kind of a way that you could use this is either looking at those midheaven lines or looking at the relocated chart specifically. 
That's so interesting because, again, I feel like it's it's sort of like you're talking about it from the perspective of grouping a bunch of different things together instead of like looking at them holistically versus yeah. looking at them as one-offs. And specifically with career, I feel like that's a, such a big one. But when you, we talk about going to a specific line for projects, maybe it's writing that book or launching a course or launching a business, what you're saying is that someone could go to a line for, let's say, two months or six weeks or something like that and work on that project and not necessarily live there, but go there to harness that energy, correct? Absolutely. Oh yeah. You could go for a weekend, a week. You know, I went mm. for three weeks to that line to do, to create the course and to do the writing work, right? But also there's something called remote activation, which is basically this idea that you can connect with different parts of the world, even when you're at home living where you live. And remote activation basically is this idea that, you know, astrocartography shows us the big picture zoomed out, bird's eye view of our entire story in relation to place. So even if I'm living in, you know, New York, I could see that there's a beautiful Venus line in Hawaii. And I might feel really drawn to watch YouTube videos from people who are in Hawaii, or I might have a nice Venus relationship line out there, a descendant line. There might be contacts or connections or people that can help me in some way while I'm living in New York. So maybe I hire an assistant that's in Hawaii, or I go to a conference, an astrology conference on my Uranus line, and or maybe I listen to a podcast with, you know, from a a podcaster and they live in that area. And that's where the podcast is based. As simple as like getting a painting of a certain part of the world. Let's say you've got a beautiful sun I see going through Italy and the connection to Italian culture really just lifts your spirits. You could play Italian music, have a painting of Italy in your living room. There's ways to connect with these points without actually living there or just visiting or bringing that back into your personal life. Okay. Thank you for saying that because it makes it so much more accessible because I know that, you know, travel is something that a lot of people want to do and that a lot of people do have access to doing. But for a lot of people, it's it's not as accessible, especially when what? we're talking about more international locations. So kind of bringing in that remote accessibility, as you just described through music or art or some sort of cultural experience from yeah. that place, I think yeah. is an amazing way to kind of incorporate that. So with that being said, when we're talking about, you know, the the remote accessibility, say, for example, we have someone who is trying to harness that energy of like possibly an MC line for a career. They really kind of want to get their work noticed. And, you know, let's say going back to, you mentioned Italy, like let's say they have a line running through a part of Italy that's the MC line. If they're tapping into that Italian culture, is that essentially going to sort of help them tap into that energy at home? So is it saying that if they're living, let's say in Boston Mm -hmm. and listening to this Italian music and maybe having some pasta every night, some wine, right? Are they then going to be able to almost kind of be more seen in whatever they pursue with their career? Is that kind of how that's utilized? Yeah. Well, there's still the element of, you know, the, if for visibility and career visibility, you know, the taking the action and all of that as a big play and manifestation, all of that. I would say though, there's a way of like creating a spin on it. For example, you know, I think of like, um, like talking about slow living, for example, someone who wanted to make content on slow living, let's say they have a beautiful MC line in Italy. Maybe they're a podcaster or a YouTuber. They incorporate Italian lessons or lessons from Italy or learning about the Italian way, way of life. And they're incorporating that in some way through their messaging. That's kind of a way of connecting with it without 
moving there, for instance. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's like leaving yeah. a place or a culture or even a person from that area, maybe doing business with someone there. The other way you could look at it, especially if it's the 11th house, is the follower base or the fan base being from that pocket. So advertising or marketing to a certain sector of the world. This is kind of going into business, but like yeah. the clients, like doing a Facebook ad, like you could literally see where is there more support, like descendant lines or MC lines for that and see where are those lines and focusing on that part of the world to market or target something. Yeah, that's super interesting. So you're talking about just getting creative with how you're tapping into that energy and kind of weaving it into whatever it is you're doing if you're not going to actually travel to that specific place at that moment in time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Well, I'm also super interested in the the love piece and the relationships. And you mentioned your time in New York and your then boyfriend is now husband, correct? Okay. Mm-hmm. So can we get that story, first of all, on like the Venus line and what your relationships look like not living on a Venus line versus yeah. what they look like when you were actually living on a Venus line and were going through the specific transits that actually allowed you to activate the energy of that line? Yeah. Well, I find that the descendant lines, when you go to a descendant line, there's a big story around other people becoming really important to your whole life biography. So even if you leave that descendant line or that relationship line, you'll still have that relationship. But there, that place was a specific point of activation or importance for me. And so that's what I'm really looking at when I'm seeing descendant lines is where is this person possibly meeting someone? For me, I met my husband on a Mercury descendant line. My Venus is in Gemini, which is ruled by Mercury. Same. Uh, I'm a mother of words. Yes. But Venus is the planet of love. And so I saw, okay, the ruler is Mercury. My Mercury descendant, which is a relationship line that's going right through New York. Also, New York City, I was on a Venus Chiron parent, which is the latitude line. Okay. Venus Chiron parents in that specific latitude of the entire East Coast was all about love themes, dealing with healing, being heartbroken, rejection, a lot of dating, a lot of heartbreak. That was basically the story of New York for me. In a lot of ways, it was about relationships and meeting him. He's got Mercury on the ascendant. So his ascendant is him and his identity and him, who he is. He's got Mercury, the same planet that I have on a partner. He's got it on his ascendant in that same location. Oh, wow. And so it's kind of, that's something I see a lot for people is where like one partner will have an ascendant line there and the other partner will have a descendant line there. That's a big thing I see with couples. But then, you know, moving to France, our relationship is still the same, if not even better over the many years. But that point was where we met. And that was our story of like the the meeting of the story. Now there's different areas of life that are being more activated, both of us for career, but um, the marriage is still strong. So the marriage doesn't change. The relationship doesn't change unless you go to a really hard relationship line. Like if you go to a Mars descendant line, those can be hard for breakups. They can be more challenging for partnerships, things like that. But usually it won't change too much unless you're really getting a lot of intense activity when you move to a new place. Okay. Wow. I The mention of Chiron, I felt slightly triggered there. got a little oh, scared. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Especially with like the wounding and the healing yes. and everything. So did you have any, I guess, fear almost going into that, knowing that there was that kind of that Chiron uh, parent line, as you mentioned, in New York for you? Well, I actually learned about astrophotography years later after I moved oh, to yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Well, like, so you yeah. didn't even know. 
I didn't even know. Like, like my whole life. Okay. Oh yeah. yeah. And then looking back at my life and all the places I've lived, I lived in Egypt for many months. I lived in Bali for months. I lived in so many different pockets of the world. It's like looking back, it's like how accurate the story, the activation of a particular story turns on when you go to a certain part of the world. Yeah. Oh my God. It's so funny because I had a reading a bit ago and this was also an astrocartography reading. And I was told that my moving to Dallas, there was, I think there was something in, perhaps it was the relocation chart where the themes activated here were around kind of like home and family and settling down and, you know, where's my husband and all of that. And I'm like, oh my God, the accuracy. Cause I feel like I, I mean, granted, yeah, I was thinking about those things before, but I feel like it just, it's changed so much since moving here. So it's kind of crazy again, just sort of how you mentioned those lines can be activated when you move to place and sort of what themes that brings up in your life. So very, very, very interesting. Um, Okay. So I also want to talk about spiritual growth and I guess like self-discovery and astrocartography coming into play there. So how can we use astrocartography to find those locations that are conducive to our spiritual journey? So whether that, I mean, would that be like a Saturn line? And, you know, again, if you have any examples of what that's looked like for you moving, we talked about Saturn before and kind of you know, you in France right now and Saturn on the Ascendant. But if you want to share more about that and what that's looked like in your journey or any client's journeys that you can share. Yeah. The biggest one I have seen time and time again, consistently for people is the Neptune lines, Neptune specifically, Chiron as well for healing specifically, but Neptune for like spiritual growth, the divine connection with something beyond, whether it's a meditation practice or subconscious work that someone's doing, manifestation work that someone's doing. And I'm really looking to see um, Neptune I see lines are particularly important for that. But also what I relocated a chart to see Neptune in the 12th house, because the 12th house has to deal with your subconscious, your manifestation, like all the things that are going on underneath the surface behind the scenes. There can be so much profound healing when people go to lines where like they have a Neptune ascendant line, for instance, or a Jupiter ascendant line. But we can see in the chart that Jupiter moved to the 12th house and not the first house, because that's where like, that's where the massive spiritual healing I, I see is for people is that 12th house activation. Interesting. Is there anything when it comes to, I guess, like spirituality and like Pluto lines? Because whenever I think of, I guess, like transformation, granted, you know, Neptune and um, even Saturn, which sort of the challenges, but I also oh, think yeah. of like Pluto and that sort of full-on transformation, maybe death of, of one part of the self, rebirth. Right? Oh, yeah. Have you ever traveled to like anything that was like super Pluto- energy, Plutonian energy. And oh, what yeah. that like for you? Oh yeah. I went to my Pluto MC line in Iceland for two, three weeks recently. And I went on the eclipse, the Taurus eclipse recently. Okay. That was right <laughs> on my natal sun because I'm a Taurus sun. And so Same. it was- <laughs> Wait, what's your big three? Let's just go over it right now. Like, let's just say it. Yeah, I would Taurus Sun, Leo Moon, Scorpio Rising. Oh my God! Okay, love it, love it, love it, love it. Okay, I Aquarius Rising, Cancer Moon. Um, (laughs) and Taurus Risings. Let me tell you. Aquarius risings. They are meant to be doing technology, social media work, online, (laughs) internet stuff. I cannot tell you how many Aquarius risings become very well known and established in like working online and for the people helping people. It's such a big thing I see for people. Oh my God. I love that. I love Aquarius risings. Yeah. It's wild because I feel like I was watching. um, Oh my God. Haley Comet did this update for 2024 and she did like a video for Aquarius and Aquarius. 
Aquarius risings. And that was like a theme that she highlighted was just sort of like starting this online business or something. And again, very on brand with my Saturn return. I'm kind of like, what am I doing with my life? Like, I don't really know. And so I'm kind of trying to figure that out. And I'm like, okay, maybe it is something online, but like, I don't know. You know what I mean? So it could also be like working (laughs) for the people, like wanting to help people in some way is a big Aquarius thing. Aquarius is also ideas, you know, mental ideas, like bringing something to life in a tangible way. Um, It's also Aquarius. But yeah, Yeah. I love Aquarius risings. I'm very drawn to Aquarius risings. (laughs) I'm also very drawn to Scorpio. I have a a lot of Scorpio energy or Scorpio things in my heart in the 10th house as well. So yeah, Yeah. Pluto, MC, something else. Jupiter, I think. Yeah. Well, yeah, Pluto, I mean, magnetic, charismatic, influential, first off, is Pluto, Plutonic, like keywords on the plus side. But um, going to a Pluto line is really intense in that people change, their lives change when they go to Pluto lines, mm. specifically Pluto Ascendant. I see a lot of people kind of, there's a sense of liberation, which is actually more Uranus themes, but Pluto is kind of that authenticity of truth and empowerment and shedding what's no longer working, letting go, purging what's no longer like needed in the authentic authenticity of the self. Pluto ascendant lines are big places for spiritual growth for people. Pluto IC as well. I find a lot of people feel really called to Pluto IC lines. And weirdly, I don't know if you believe in past lives or anything like that. Oh, but I do. Oh yeah. Pluto IC lines I see are really big for people that feel like I have a, I feel like I have a past life connection with here. I've seen, you know, things and regressions here and it's always a Pluto IC line, which is just wild. That's something I see a lot, but yeah, really powerful place for you know, shedding and releasing and transforming. So yeah, very spiritual for that. That is so wild that you say that too. Cause again, I mentioned how I, I was considering leaving Dallas. And at one point I was considering going back to Boston, not forever, but just for a couple of years. Cause I mm-hmm. grew up in Boston and I have a Pluto line running through Boston. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm like, and, yeah. yeah. It can be very powerful places. You said you the MC, right? It's a Pluto MC. Um, I don't know if it's, Oh, you're saying, oh, my, yeah, my Midheaven. Midheaven, yes. Yeah, yeah, it's right near Pluto and Scorpio for me. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. 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 And your Aquarius rising, so it'd be the 10th house. Yeah. I mean, it could be a very powerful place. Um, A lot of change in the work life, but um, very powerful. Which is terrifying to think yeah. of. But yeah, I w- will have to sit with that one. Boston is not the most affordable city. So, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. Great city, though. Great city. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love that. Okay, so what are some ways that we can incorporate this into our daily lives, right? Because we've kind of talked about a lot of, you know, high level themes of relocation and moving and visiting for a week or a couple of months or whatever. But how are we able to incorporate these, some of these major principles into our daily lives? Just, you know, whether it's tapping into that energy or, or anything of the sort. Yeah. The first thing I would say is like just daily living, you know. I love to consume content where I've got beautiful lines and I find it's just a reflection, right? So like what I'm drawn to, the map is already showing, but like Venus IC line, you know, if you've got a really nice Venus IC line going through a part of the world, you might really want to connect with the culture in that way, whether it's watching YouTube videos or watching movies set there or learning the language of that place and like doing French lessons at home, you know, or taking a class in French. You know, there's ways where you can bring that energy in your life through like classes, learning, all of that. The other 
other thing is it's just it's really interesting to kind of get that bird's eye view of like what are the stories of the world and what might not even have activated for me yet because the thing about like the natal chart or the natal promise is it's showing you your entire life trajectory even if something doesn't resonate with your chart now it can 30 years from now and that thing that happens in your 50s could be a huge part of your whole life overarching biography but that you don't even know yet and so I like to use astrocartography in just the sense of like what's a huge part of my story that I haven't even activated yet what cultures what influences in different parts of the world or what states where do I have really cool relationship lines that haven't been formed yet and just curiously looking at it in that playful way of, you know, what are pockets of the world for me that are important and will be important at some point. So I like to do that, just looking at the map. And then the other thing is like, if love, relationship themes, friends, you know, if you're on a dating app and you see you've got like a really nice Venus descendant or a Jupiter descendant or a a Mercury descendant, for example, somewhere, you know, opening up your dating app to connect with people in that region of the world can be really fun, especially, you know, if it's close to you and your country, you know, that's a, a fun way I've seen work for a lot of people. I am so afraid to do that. <laughs> like Because no, because I'm so open to it. But yeah. I remember one time I changed my Bumble location to Austin because I was like, okay, like Austin's close enough. Yeah. I don't mind taking a trip out there if I like meet someone I really like and, you know, paying for my own trip. I'm not asking to be flued out or anything like that. Yeah. And some of these men got so angry. They were like, you're in Dallas. Why are you swiping in Austin? You're wasting my time. Oh, like, no. Oh. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> Just the wrong bumblebees the wrong, I seem to have attracted with that honey. But <laughs> I really like that. I think that, you know, theoretically, I love that. I'm like, you know, why not swipe in yeah. Southern France? And see- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> see the vibe. But also like on a another level could be like spirituality. Like maybe there's a certain type of meditation practice you're really drawn to. And that, you know, really beautiful Jupiter line, which is knowledge and wisdom and learning and being expanded in some way, learning and expansiveness. Maybe you've got a really cool Jupiter, you know, I see or Jupiter ascendant line going through a certain part of India. And maybe there's a connection to that meditation practice and because there's so many different styles of meditation so many different chants and things that you could connect with in your own personal life connecting with that area that meditation practice and bringing that in whether it's buddhism or you know all the different you know ways of using this you could use that in your life just by connecting with that part of the world in that form of meditation for instance Okay, that's a really beautiful way to describe some of the ways that we can incorporate astrocartography yeah. into our daily life. And I also want to kind of circle back to something you said earlier when we were kind of talking about intuition and how that comes into play. So what is that balance or how rather are we able to strike that balance between like intuitive decisions, intuitive choices of, you know, I feel called to go here or live here and astrocartography insights? Because sometimes I think, you know, when we're using some of these different tools, it can feel almost like you want to give your power away of what you feel is right for yourself. And you're like, oh, I feel called to go here, but you know, on my chart, this, this doesn't look good or I don't know, something like that. So how are we able to, to find that balance or how have you done that? Yeah. Oh, well, I'm such a big believer in your inner voice is number one, first and foremost. The astrology is just 
just a reflection of what is already simmering that you know to be true. And, you know, what I, how I do this in my own life is like, I write a list of like top three places I'm feeling really drawn to. And then I'll look at my math once I've gotten like the top three or like the top like two places I really am feeling called to go to. And then I'll pull up the map and the timing. But yeah, I would say the honoring yourself and listening to yourself, that is key and that is number one. But I find that when you feel called to leave, it's already being shown on the map or the the timing and the transits. And you're going to go where you're meant to go. And nothing, like everything that's for you won't go past you. I'm a big believer in that. Like literally you can't do this life wrong. Astrology shows it. Transits show it. Literally zodiac releasing, which is one of my favorite timing techniques. Literally you cannot get this life wrong in the sense of making mistakes, in the sense of missing opportunities or missing something important for you. Like everything is divinely timed. And if you feel called to go to a part of the world where let's say you've got a hard Mars line, maybe there's a source of frustration that is a catalyst for something else and you can't even see it at that point in time. Or let's say you've got a Saturn ascendant line, right? Saturn ascendant can be hard, but it's also a place of taking back authority, taking back responsibility for your life, being a person of agency and like stepping into that role of like knowledge and like the adult maturity, the authority energy, right? So it's like, even though we've got hard lines, they're there for a reason. And if you feel drawn to go to a a place where there is a hard line or a hard latitude line, there's a reason that there's something there for you. And personally, I like to time it. So like if I do, if I, if I am going to a hard place, let's say I've got a really hard Pluto line in my chart, because that's another thing. Not everyone's Pluto line is difficult. And that's a big like misconception on the internet is a lot of people think like, oh, Pluto lines are bad. Saturn lines are bad. Mars lines are bad. It all depends on your natal chart. Some people have beautiful Mars lines. Some people have amazing Saturn lines. So it's like, it really depends on the person's chart. But if I do see I've got a hard Pluto and I want to go to my Pluto line and I'm going because I feel called, I will go, but I will time it when I've got a nice time and it's not a difficult time in my transits. So it's kind of like I'm always leading with the inner voice and I really recommend everyone lead with their intuition. But when you're planning dates, that's the time to be a little bit more specifically if you're going to a hard line, if you're specifically going to a hard like area where you've got some difficult lines, that's what I would be more specific on planning timing. Almost like a, an escape plan. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Just knowing like, okay, yeah. we're not going to eclipse season. We're not going to a Pluto line during the eclipse. Like let's, let's not do that. You know, things like yeah. that. About a year ago, I wanted to elevate my health and wellness journey. I was so tired of taking all these different supplements every single day. So instead of adding more, I decided I wanted to simplify and try AG1. It's one of the best decisions I made in 2023. I now feel more energized and mentally clear daily. My skin has even more of a healthy and brighter glow and my digestion has improved. Like I said, I first gave AG1 a try because I wanted to simplify my supplements. I wanted a single solution to support my entire body, my gut, and my brain health. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've noticed that I feel a boost in energy, not just in the morning when I take it, but throughout my entire day. I used to rely on caffeinated pre-workouts, if you know, you know, but when I cut those out, I struggled with grogginess. Adding an AG1 in the morning covers my bases with 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, and ingredients like pre and probiotics, adaptogens, antioxidants, and whole food source nutrients. My favorite part of AG1? It's just one scoop. One scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. 
I love to add in the squeeze of half a lemon, a few drops of AG1's vitamin D3K2, and three ice cubes, approximately three ice cubes every single morning into my glass as well. This is a partnership made in heaven because AG1 is the supplement that I trust and have trusted since 2023 to provide the support that my body needs daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. That's drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. Check it out. Let's set ourselves up for success here. Yeah. <laughs> but I do love that you you say, you know, you can't do this life wrong because I feel like that's that takes so much pressure off the shoulders hearing something like that and being reminded. Like, I think a lot of us, we know that intuitively, right? But then, you know, society gets in the way and then we our own like inner thoughts get in the way and we're kind of like, oh my God, panicking about what to do with our lives, our career, yeah. our relationships, our money, like all of the things. And it feels like, I was telling a friend this this morning, it feels like, you know, you become an adult and you have all these major decisions to make. And it's like, you, you finally get one down. You're like, okay, I feel good about this. And you do the thing. And then you look and then five more things that you have to decide or have popped up. And it's, it can be very overwhelming. So just being reminded that, you know, we can't do this life wrong, like whatever we're led to, even if it is something a little bit more difficult to navigate, there's something there for us to learn or connection to make or something that will kind of grow from that, that toughness. So I appreciate that reminder. I think I also need to hear that personally yeah. so thank you <laughs> um, do, do you use tarot right i think i saw on your instagram i do tarot. yeah Looks yeah like, um the tarot card it's the eight of cups where it's like there's many options but there's one in the light is that eight or seven it's seven one of seven. one of those two yeah one of those yeah. two yeah but yeah. It's, it's kind of like that idea of like you do have multiple options there's always going to be a variety of, of options but there's only one choice and you will make that choice like even yeah. if you, you're afraid that you're going to make the wrong choice like everything is divinely timed i'm i'm a i'm a hellenistic astrologer so i love like traditional techniques and just using the traditional techniques like zodiac releasing it's just it's wild and it's crazy and it's eerie and you might get a little spooked when you look at all this stuff like how everything is divinely timed but at the same time it's like oh my gosh we're here with such purpose we're here with such with such meaning we're, we're here for a reason there's something we're supposed to do and it's all divinely timed and yeah i find it such a relief for people because i've seen it in my own life people in my life but also my clients like you can't get this life wrong you really can't yeah oh thank you such a beautiful reminder. Thank you. And I'm also super curious about some of those other common misconceptions, right? That you you mentioned the Pluto one, which I also just kind of learned that myself. And I think that is, it was something that was really good for me to learn. Because again, you see these lines, you're thinking, oh, I can't go here. I can't do this because this line is bad or whatever the case is. But even that is just sort of limited thinking, right? Because again, from the difficult things, we can gain so much. So even avoiding the difficulty is probably not the best thing either. But what are some additional misconceptions about astrocartography that you come across on the internet that you want to debunk here? Oh my gosh, yes. This is like where I get so excited and so passionate because... Uh, you know, you go on TikTok or you go on Instagram and because astrocartography has gotten so popular in the last like year and a half, two years, because of that, there's so much new content that's being shared saying, go to this Venus line, go to this Jupiter line. If you want happiness, go to this line. But in actuality, it's so much more nuanced than that. The first one being always look at the natal position of the planet in the chart. You know, what's number one, I would ask what sign is that planet in? If it's in a sign where it's happy, that's really nice. 
you know, moon in Cancer, you know, Mars in Capricorn, very nice, very happy, right? So putting, have, going to lines, going to planetary lines where they're really nicely placed aspects and sign is the number one thing. Number two, the other big thing I see is a lot of people will say, you got to go to that astrocartography line. Like you have to live directly on it or travel directly to that line. But in actuality, you could be 200 miles off that line and you're still within orb of that entire story. The entire energy is still influencing you, even though that line is not going directly through that city or town that you want to travel to or visit. Because there's a mileage, there's an orb of influence. It's 600 miles. But the one I'm really focusing in on is 150 miles. If someone really wants the full effect of that energy, we're looking at 150 miles. 300 miles is like the cap for when it gets really weak, the energy. Okay. So that's a big thing I see. People will say, oh, I've got nothing there. I don't have any lines in this part of the country or, oh, all my lines are in the ocean. But actually, you <laughs> have to measure it. You just have to measure it. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. And then the other thing is parents. A lot of people don't know about the parents, but that can make or break a place. Because if okay. you've got like a beautiful Jupiter line in your chart and you go to your Jupiter line and you're going to a Mars-Saturn latitude. So Mars and Saturn are at a blend and they're at that point, that latitude of a specific city that you're looking at. That can bring up challenges and frustration as opposed to if you just moved 30 minutes south, that's going to drastically change the energy. So I guess those would be my top three is... The distance of the lines, the line, the planet in your chart, and then also the parents or the latitude lines. Interesting. Okay. Yes. Thank you for debunking some of those things for us. Because as you mentioned, you know, with more, I guess, access to the internet and everyone able to share information, there are a lot of pros to that, but also some yeah. cons, right? Where we're sharing information that's it's not necessarily misguided, but perhaps yeah. a bit misinformed, where yeah. we're not taking into account the nuance of our specific charts, which are so, so, so like attuned to us. So oh, it's always really important. So specific. To, so specific. And there's so much, like I, I have barely dipped my toe into astrology and I feel like my mind is blown with like how much I've learned about just like the different things, like the signs or even, you know, looking at the different aspects of this, this uh, planet to the other, like all of these different things. Yeah. So yeah, thank you for <laughs> sharing that with us. So I am going to just dive us into the wrap up section of this chat, yeah. which has been so amazing. So lovely. So thank you for having for, thank you for joining me here for this episode. But I would love your thoughts on, I guess, the future, the evolution of astrocartography. So what are some things that you envision sort of changing or maybe growing or shifting, transforming as we, I guess, collectively all start to learn more about astrocartography? Yeah. Well, first off, I think astrocartography is the future. And I think more and more people are going to be utilizing this technique in their everyday lives, whether it's to plan a trip with their partner or their family or like finding a second home. I think people are really going to be using, utilizing this technique because this, you know, astrocartography specifically, the maps has been around since the 70s. Relocation astrology has been around for like forever. But specifically in the last two years, we've seen a major boom. When Jupiter and Uranus conjunct in April of 2024, I think there's going to be a big boom with that, with spirituality, you know, learning about different techniques, science, AI, or, you know, AI, like all the technical things are going to be growing. We're going to see the first wave in the eclipse of April 2024. And then again, when Pluto enters Aquarius, officially really in 2025, November of 2024, I think, you know, traveling, moving, that's going to be a big part of 
of, you know, I think people are going to want to know where to move. I think people are going to want to move and go to different places. And I think that because this technique is so accessible on places like astro.com where you could pull up your map for free and see your map. And by the way, for any any listeners out there who are like, where do I see the parents? Just go to astro.com and click that little uh, show details button on the top right hand corner. And that'll tell you what the latitude lines are at that area. Um, oh, it wait, I've done that. That's what that is. Yes, that's the parents. Oh. But they don't but you can't see them like visually like other softwares. Like I use solar fire so I can see them visu- visually and measure them. But on like astro.com, you can see like what the uh, they're called latitude crossings on astro.com. Okay. I'm like, cause I've clicked that button and just seen like additional details and be like, yes. oh my God, there's so much more here. Yes. <laughs> I didn't yeah. know. Okay. Good to know. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So that will be really helpful. Just look at the latitude crossings is what they call it on astro.com. But yeah, I really believe that a lot of people are going to start moving. I'm curious to see what the election brings and how that's going to change. But then we enter the Uranus return of the US. Have you like, have you read anything about that? Or like, do you know anything about the Uranus return of the US? And No, but it's, but I'm hearing chaos. <laughs> I'm, I'm here. I'm hearing chaos, but you tell yeah. me. <laughs> well, um, spring of 2025 is when I'm looking at, but I just think there's going to be a lot of changes with the US as a whole. I don't know exactly what that looks like, but there is a lot of change rebellion that can be chaotic, but there's just a lot of change and, and also innovations, a lot of innovations too with tech. But um, I think we're really going in that direction. And I'm, I'm really curious to just see like, what's going to happen with astrology, AI with astrology? Oh my. <laughs> what, are the, what are the maps going to be like? Like, what are the maps going to look like, you know, in two years from now when we're in the Uranus return and Pluto's in Aquarius? Like, what is that going to look like? You know, so I'm, I'm fascinated to see what unfolds over time. We're living in a huge part of history right now. Like, it's huge times we're living in. And I do think that astrocartography is just going to get more and more popular now that people have this tool that's so readily accessible. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I am little, I'm nervous, but again, change can be good and bad. And yeah, it's not all going to be bad change. So yeah. <laughs> I will say the one thing that is, you know, helpful about after the Uranus return is that every time Uranus goes through a return, which happens every 84 years, the last one we had was World War II. The big one that's very close to this one is the American Revolutionary War. Every time we move through Uranus returns, we come back like a really strong, like people are really strong. People are really together in a lot of ways. There's always a massive division right before Uranus return and it builds for the years leading up to Uranus return. And then after Uranus return, there's almost this sense of like new systems, new, like there's something that the the people are together on. Yeah. So that's the silver lining out of all of this. But I, I am excited for technology in that sense. Like technology, I'm I'm curious to see what's going to be. What's going on. Yeah, we've made so many like crazy advances with tech in just the last couple of years. So it'll be so interesting to see what happens over like the next five to 10 years yeah. with everything. With the Uranus return, girl, you're, you're telling me go back to Boston to get out of Texas is what I'm hearing. <laughs> <laughs> but I digress. <laughs> I'm I'm concerned. I'm I'm looking at the people. Like, I'm waiting. Con- I'm, I will say I'm waiting till April 2024 to see like okay. who's officially on the ballot, who is officially running. Yeah, because um, I think April 2024 we're going to get a lot of new news about things, and that's when it's like okay, now we can start really making predictions about what's going to be happening. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, we got to circle back and check in with you <laughs> in April of next year. I'll put it on the calendar. <laughs> Well, Helena, this has been a beautiful chat. Thank you so much for coming on, sharing your wisdom, your insight, and your experiences with us. 
For our last two questions, just where can we find you online and follow along? I'll have everything linked in the show notes as per usual. And then what are some things that you're looking forward to manifesting in 2024? Yeah. Well, oh gosh, I am planning to go to Australia because I've got good transits there. So my manifestation is to get to Australia. Like, let's, I, I need the courage because it's such a far flight and I've always wanted to go for like 10 years now, but I'm finally like, okay, it's time. So the manifestation I'm calling it is courage to go to Australia and to live there to write my, my book. Ah, Okay. <laughs> and then, um, and doc continuing to document my adventures on YouTube, on my astrophotography with Helena YouTube channel, which you can follow me along there. And then, yeah, I'm on Instagram, Ms. Helena Woods. I post there. I also have a lot of free resources for people. So if you're new to astrophotography and you're like, okay, I'm ready to get started. I want to learn this. I've got a free guide on my website so you can learn about top mistakes that are made typically and how to fix them and how to look at your map. I've got tons of free blog posts, uh, YouTube videos. And then, um, yeah, I have some classes and readings that I offer as well. So if you ever wanted to book a reading or take my uh, beginners or locational astrology, like in-depth seven-week course, those are all available on my website. Amazing. Thank you so much again for joining us today. And we'll chat with you in another episode, hopefully, because I feel like we have so many more things we can dive into. But thank you again for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me. What if I told you that in 2024, you were going to travel more? I bet you would be excited because who doesn't have travel more on their 2024 vision board? But my loves, it's time to craft a bit of an action plan and take your first steps. And this is where I come in. I'm hosting a trip to Bali, May 23rd to May 29th, 2024 for the Manifest Daily community. I'm so excited about this one. We have a jam-packed itinerary. We have a Balinese cooking class, a sacred monkey forest visit, a coffee brewing workshop, literally the works because that's just a taste of the itinerary. And this trip is a celebration of new beginnings and also a couple of birthdays. So if you're curious about Bali and you want to meet me there alongside a couple other wonderful, amazing, beautiful souls, head to my website for more information, themanifestly.com slash events. Visit the link in the show notes. And yeah, let's, let's hang out in Bali.